completing high school is more of a social thing than it was an academic thing. Years have passed, I still had that longing to have my diploma. At age 30, Carissa finished her high school diploma. If you're even considering getting your high school diploma, you can do it. No one gets a diploma alone. If you're thinking of finishing your high school diploma, you have help. Find free adult education classes near you at finishyourdiploma.org. That's finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. KPFT artist profile, Jeff Plankenhorn. Well, I think there's two things that I really, really love about KPFT and about this style of radio in general. Um, one is how good it is to the artist, and two is how good it is to your ears. Because the thing is, these are actual people picking actual music that they dig, that they curate for you to check out. If you turn on KPFT, you might hear one thing in one hour and one thing in another. And to be able to come on and say, hey, I'm playing a show and get to an audience this large, um, it's just a real gift. And I will go so far as to say this. If you really, really want to help, KPFT 90.1, call 713-526-5738 or go to kpft.org, become somebody who gives, who donates, and uh, it'll make you feel good. Listen for his music and other local artists here on KPFT. This is Hank Rubichek, producer of So What's Your Story on KPFT Houston, 90.1 on the dial, Houston's community station. KPFT Houston, People of Earth is next. Si cha che yo che chi cha che yo che oh ie no mo wo ya si cha che yo che chi cha che yo che oh ie Hey there, you're listening to People of Earth here on KPFT 90.1 FM, kpft.org, and also 89.5 in Galveston and 89.7 in Huntsville, Texas. People of Earth, it is indigenous news, views, and music uh, from indigenous people uh, locally and sometimes and Turtle Island, and sometimes beyond. I'm Jacqueline Batiste. I'm of the Alabama Cushada Nations of East Texas, and I'm really grateful to be with you this eve this evening. Uh, each and every week, following Wally and crew with the progressive uh, form, progressive form, very important programming there. And here we are now with indigenous programming for you. And we're going to talk about, I mean, I hope everybody had a really, really fun and good uh, Valentine's Day. In, uh, and there's so much going on, so many celebrations of different kinds going on this, at this time of year and this week. But also what's going on is yesterday in Canada and in different places across uh, the states, there were uh, acknowledgments in universities and in different places for the missing and murdered indigenous women. And they also include, of course, men and boys, of course, girls, um, all the different people that have gone missing that are indigenous over the decades and longer. There's been, for instance, um, there was a walk held in Red Lake, Minnesota that was held yesterday and the vigil that honored missing and murdered indigenous women and relatives was featured at Yale. They had a huge event with um, many people uh, presenting and having uh, a lot of um, a dinner and many, many events going along with that, along with in the biggest one being in Vancouver, Canada, where a lot of this started, and Vancouver being the place of missing and murdered uh, women, just so many from that area in particular. 
so, and also in Minnesota, in Minneapolis, there was a huge showing on uh, the march for to to show um, present the issue of missing and murdered to the public to get more people to understand what this is and what's going on. So again, you're listening to People of Earth here on KPFT 90.1 FM, kpft.org. We're going to talk about the missing and murdered by uh, indigenous women and girls by presenting this documentary that follows BC activists, Northwest BC activists, Gladys Raddick's life journey for justice. And as she talks about her personal story and Jaylene Matthews uh, created this documentary of a life of advocacy for indigenous women and girls. And with that, it, we're going to share this information this for you now here on People of Earth, here on KPFT, Pacifica Radio in Houston. My name is Gladys Raddick. I'm originally from Wet'suwet'en, uh, Witsat, and uh, I'm an advocate for the missing and murdered women, uh, particularly on the Highway of Tears, but I also advocate for women and girls across the country. Most of my life I believed that my mother neglected me, and I found out after the fact, after my mother even passed away, what had happened was uh, they had hired a babysitter and it was the babysitter that took off and left us kids alone. And that's why they took us, that's why they stole us. They were, you know, accused my mother of neglecting and I was really hurt when I found out that it wasn't her that neglected us, it was the babysitter. That's how we ended up in foster care, and that system really sucks. There was lots of uh, violence, lots of drinking. I went through, you know, my life with, uh, uh, of course, a lot of uh, actions like drinking, doing drugs, feeling sorry for myself you know, not knowing how to deal with the fact that nobody would listen to me when I was an abused young girl. I've been, I've been sober now for 13 years, but, you know, I did start drinking at nine. I started smoking marijuana at nine. Started doing hard drugs when I was 12. You know, it didn't take much. But it was all to mask that pain that was in my heart and how worthless I felt. I decided uh, 
1999 to file a complaint with the uh, Vancouver RCMP and I charged my abuser and he got a slap on the wrist. I wasn't happy with that, but I'm a survivor. I'm not going to let them take me down. They, they've taken me down as far as they can and there's nowhere for me to go but up. I, I decided I was going to go back to school from 96 to 99. So I was in Vancouver and I ended up going to the Native Education Centre, which is where I think that I gained my voice in being proud of who I am as a First Nations woman because I never really thought about it because things were so bad for me all the time and how, how you know, being treated as a First Nations woman. So back in 99, I also uh, launched a, uh, a human rights tribunal where I was successful in proving systemic racism for the first time ever in Canada through tribunal. I was living in Vancouver. I was living across the street from Tinseltown Mall, it's called, and uh, was systemically followed by security. We lived in the building across the street from it, and you could tell it was a native housing building because it had a big mask carved on the front of the building, so everybody knew, right? So anybody that left our building was targeted. We were told to leave the mall. We were told to, that we couldn't go in there. We were asked what we were doing in the mall. We were followed. We were treated like common thieves for about six months while I lived in this, in this building. And so I went after their policy and basically we found out through the tribunal that it was their handwritten policy that First Nations people were not allowed in that mall. So what I did was I, I did change the policy and now in, <clears throat> in all of BC it is mandatory that they take a human rights module in their training package before they're handed their licenses. That's what I wanted. So that's really what gave me my voice was because uh, it took us four years to go through that human rights tribunal and that's when I realized you know how all of our people were being treated all the time. I started advocating for missing and murdered women when my niece, my beautiful niece, Marilyn Chipman, uh, disappeared from Prince Rupert, BC in September 21st, 2005. The reason that it was heartbreaking for me is because back in 2002 when I was going to court here in Terrace, I moved back here for a year to do that. and. Uh, Tamara was a mainstay in my, in my house. She, she knew I was going to court. She was my moral support. Throughout my court proceedings, she knew what was going on and she would come over every day and uh, just to see how I was doing. And she'd come over and she'd come over regularly and eat with us. And, but she spent a lot of time with me. After Tamara went missing, it was... Um, First of all, it broke my heart because uh, I knew that sh she had her son and she had her son after I left. I was actually looking forward to meeting him with her and uh, it didn't work out that way because she disappeared. And of course we got Tamara, my beautiful girl. But this is, uh, yeah, it is a timely process for me to uh, do the uh, pictures and laminating them. So what I'm going to do right now is uh, I have uh, a few printed out right now. And what I'll do is um, print them out and then I'll laminate them. And then I'll put them on my vehicle and after I'm done 
putting them on the vehicle I usually um, go around and bless them all with my uh, smudge and you know just and then I share their stories that's the whole idea behind it is to share their stories real special in my heart too. Anime, anime, Pictou Aquash, originally from Nova Scotia. And uh, I know her daughter. Um, her daughter, I think, was a baby when her mother was killed. I remember the first van that we had, I had 131 pictures on there, all missing and unsolved murders. But it made such a profound impact because we started collecting names, not just from the Highway of Tears, but we also had the Picton Farm. We had Cody Legibokov. We're notorious in BC for serial killers. Through Talking to the family members, that's the reason that I kept on putting the pictures on my van. I find that it's a, a good way to raise awareness and uh, also bring, bring in more allies. You know, when people see the van, they're just flabbergasted. And so many times they, they ask me, what can I do to help? I heard about what Gladys was doing and I reached out to her. What I do for a living is I'm an archaeologist. And when I was thinking about the missing and murdered women, just an idea popped into my head that, like, hey, someone could map all the known locations where women have gone missing, where women have been found, and, and map a corridor along the highway of places that are higher risk higher potential places for people to go missing. So in closer proximity to the communities where they're hitchhiking to and from. And then in addition to that, we could map out and try to predict where potentially a perpetrator or a murderer might try to dump or hide a body and try to predict where those places might be. And then once we have everything mapped, we can look at um, commonalities and try to figure out uh, in those high-risk locations could we possibly put up better lighting, could we put in cameras, could those places be regularly monitored or surveyed to check on them. I think it would just be uh, a good way of keeping track of what's, what's happened along the highway and what could potentially happen into the future. When they had the symposium in uh, Prince George in, in March 2006, my cousin Florence had organized a walk. She was initially going to do it from uh, Prince Rupert to Terrace to raise awareness about Tamara and about the two girls from our community. And she wanted to walk. She wanted to do something to honour those women. When I heard about that, I wanted to go because now I was a brand new family member with a, with a missing niece and of course a couple other girls that I knew were my nieces and uh, of course I lost the use of my leg when I was uh, 18 years old. The day before my 18th birthday I was in a motorcycle accident and I lost the use of my leg and I chose to have it amputated four years later. But 
that didn't stop me from wanting to raise awareness. I remember the feeling that I got when I first started walking and I realized that for every step that we took, you could feel actually the spirits of the women. And we knew by that time that there was quite a few that were actually missing out of Prince Rupert. It wasn't just Tamara. It was Alberta Williams. There was Mary Jane Hill, you know, and that's going back years. So that's when we realized how serious this was, and this is why it was called the Highway of Tears through Florence's relatives where they realized that from Prince Rupert to Prince George, there was an awful lot of family members that were crying because their loved ones were either missing or unsolved murders. This song is, was created on behalf and to honor the missing murdered Indigenous women. We're going to get back to what we've been listening to, true story, and uh, honoring uh, somebody who had been working very hard for, on behalf of missing and murdered Indigenous women. And as you heard, because her own daughter, was, I mean her own uh, niece, had gone missing, Gladys and uh, and Gladys has been an indigenous advocate, a powerful advocate for indigenous women, empowering other women in the community. She's um, so this is a video or a short documentary about Gladys Raddick. Journey for Justice. It's a hard and hitting glimpse into the life and perspective of a pioneer for indigenous women's rights in Canada. And uh, Jaylene Matthews, she's the filmmaker. And so with that, we're going to get back to that in just a moment. creates a lot of tears, too. So we did make it up for the symposium. And it was, it, it was very well done because all of the recommendations that they made, there was 33 recommendations, were done by the families. Unfortunately, um, not all of them, even to this date, have been uh, implemented. When Tamara went missing, I met a, a lady, Bernie Williams. She was active, quite active as an advocate. So in uh, 2007, I noticed that uh, nobody was really pushing with this Highway of Tears initiative. I thought about Florence's walks and I asked Bernie, I said, so you think it would be a good idea if we walked across the country for the missing and murdered women? And she jumped all over it. She said, well, let's not talk about it. Let's do it. And through prayer, we did it. So that went on from Walk for Justice 2008, 2009, 2010, 2011. And then I took another little break because I wanted to see if 
anything was going to happen and see if there's going to be any positive movements or anything towards protect, protecting our women. And as it turns out, there was nothing. That's when I decided, you know, I'd, I'd heard from so many family members at that point in time, and that was in 2006, 2007, where uh, the families were saying, you know, if they're not going to do anything, well, then we need a national public inquiry. And we had no idea how much it was going to entail and how many issues pertaining to our women and girls that made it unsafe for us to be in this country. The National Inquiry, the recommendations that came out of there, there's 231 calls to justice. And uh, the thing that bugs me is that it's, it did stop at the government's door. We handed, we handed Justin Trudeau a copy of the recommendations. It took him two days to spit the word genocide out. The National Inquiry proved it, otherwise they wouldn't have put it in their, in their findings. See, when, the, when we had the inquiry, uh, when, when we delivered it, they were supposed to have a vast majority of those recommendations done within the first year, and then COVID hit. And then they used that for an excuse for them not to be able to move forward. But the, the recommendations, uh, I think they're trying really hard to keep them on the shelf. But we do have a lot of, uh, also through our walks, as we discovered that we've got tons of really good grassroots women that are working on the cause. And... Uh, our women are definitely rising, and uh, the thing is, it's it's still right now. It's still a little bit early, and and the biggest push, the biggest push actually we have right now, is the uh, need for good, proper health, healing, and wellness facilities across the board. Because in order for any of us to move forward with a clear conscience, we need to be on our healing journey. Then uh, we can work on it. We can work on it together. The one thing I do ask for people to do is to uh, go to their MLAs, go to their... Uh, politicians and demand answers and demand them to uh, implement all of the recommendations that have been made. So when I moved back to Terrace here, uh, I put the word out with my friends and said that I wanted this totem pole and uh, Fortunate for us, Michael uh, D'Angeli came forward and, and said that he would do it for us. So I relayed to him what my vision was to, to have a commemoration totem pole uh, to honour our missing and murdered women and the LGBTQ. And uh, when I explained to him uh, uh, the reason why and it was for the families uh, he jumped on it right away I only told him once the story about what I wanted to see on the pole and he got it he uh, has put our story on this totem pole Hey there, you're listening to People of Earth here on KPFT 90.1 FM, kpft.org, also 89.5 in Galveston, 89.7 out there in Huntsville. This is music in the background with music created for the missing, to honor the missing and murdered indigenous women, of which we're listening to a documentary by Jaylene Matthews. 
about Gladys Raddick's journey, her journey to all of the things that she did on behalf of the indigenous women who have gone missing and murdered and their families. She had mentioned the Highway 16, the ongoing disappearances that happened along this highway, which has come to be known as the Highway of Tears to the indigenous communities there, a highway uh, stretch between Prince Rupert to Prince George, and again calling it the Highway of Tears, named after the grief of families longing for their loved ones that have never come back. We'll get right back to that right now. This beautiful this beautiful poll was commissioned uh, and, and uh, was asked to do this poll. As I listened to what Gladys and Arlene and, and the funders were wanting as far as the totem pole, and I simply, uh, quickly sketched down something and then presented it to them uh, at that meeting. And so what they were asking for was the bottom figure, which is a, um, a nech, a killer whale. And the, where this totem pole is, is the uh, Gispatwada territory of the Kitsimkalem people. So this is killer whale territory. The uh, main little blowhole figure is uh, uh, the water bean, as water is life, and, and that connects us all together. On either side of the pectoral fin are little human beings, and they represent the people of Kitsimkalem outside of the killer whale clan. The figure, the both uh, the female and the male figure inside the tail, they're not upside down out of disrespect. It's just the way the, the sculpture went. But what they represent is the people that call the Lakhubum Simshan, the Simshan territory of Terrace, home, whether they be First Nations or not, or other nations. The next figures on the, on the sides uh, are represent the children uh, who uh, went to residential school, who have had uh, to carry on with uh, the murdered and missing people. And they represent our children, our grandchildren, our nieces and nephews. The main central figure in the very middle uh, represents the young girl uh, of the murdered and missing, uh, the young woman. On her and, and the female on the killer whale tail and as well uh, on these two, they have what are called cowits, which is the labrette, which is a sign of uh, a young noble or a noble woman. And so what I wanted to do is I asked my wife to actually paint these two uh, to imbue that power of, of femininity. The next figure is the uh, grandmother, the auntie, the mother, the sister. And she has a hand-pounded cowitz out of uh, copper that I pounded. Uh, on her button robe, the circle or the figure eight, uh, showing that we're in constant transformation so when we, our belief system is a really old belief that uh, we are uh, reincarnated and oftentimes we'll come uh, progressing into the next life, we'll come as a salmon first before we take a human or an animal form. And so what this represents is this transition of, of shifting into other beings. And on her robe, rather than using buttons, I inlaid mirrors. So what that does is it shows People are always watching. No matter, even if it's just a single person out here that somebody's always, that somebody's always witnessing, somebody's always uh, watching what you're doing. It's a really old belief. The very top figure on the, the matriarch's hat is a robin. And the robin uh, is Kitsimkalem. They're the people of the robin, the Gilakil. And so uh, I kind of uh, sandwiched in the uh, whose territory is and then and that it, I'm paying tribute but also honoring whose territory and land this is on. You know like the thing with our uh, with our totem poles and everything they last a lifetime and for several generations so people are going to know seven generations from now that this terrace is uh, the hub of the Highway of Tears, one of the major hubs for the Highway of Tears. That's why we always say that our women are lost but never forgotten. We're not going to let them forget.
Hey there, you're listening to People of Earth here on KPFT 90.1 FM, kpft.org, an actual real community radio station coming to you from Houston and part of the Pacifica Radio Network. You were listening to a documentary about the BC, Northwest BC activist Gladys Retta and her journey of justice a documentary by Jaylene Matthews and about her, the life and advocacy of advocacy for indigenous women and girls. Uh, Jaylene's um, hard-hitting glimpse into this woman's hard struggle to work on behalf of indigenous women, families of missing and murdered, and um, also... Um, Just also mentioning there about Anna Mae Quash, I'd like to honor her. She, of course, went missing in the about seven uh, in the middle seventies, and uh, we know who her murderers were. And Anna Mae Quash, who was an American Indian activist, so she mentioned her. It was twenty-two years ago this month in February when the police raided the farm of Robert Picton. His pig farm, which is the focus of a large-scale police investigation in February of 2002. And unfortunately, they finally were able to have a case against him. He, mur- he was a serial killer. He murdered and disappeared women's bodies on his pig farm. But because it was very difficult to get, them to get the RCMP, the Royal Canadian Mounted, police to really move on these cases. He was able, even though they had known and had gone to his farm, he, they didn't do anything about him for a while, and he, was, and he had killed more, a few more women during the time while they weren't moving. So there's um, so much to be said about all of this and about women in Canada and in the U.S., that are dealing with this issue, especially now with all of these man camps that have evolved into the communities of indigenous communities in various parts of the U.S. and Canada. I want to also say again that you are listening to People of Earth here on KPFT, 90.1 FM, and kpft.org. Thanks for being there as always. We're going to hear some more music that honors the uh, missing and murdered indigenous women. Catch a hen, okay. 
Tocaut das Lohaya Oui, coach, calon, coin, on coin, hoya, jatage, ketche, yung, taya. Aye, aye. Hey there, you're listening to People of Earth. Really grateful and honored to be able to be here each and every week at this time. So, if you like what you hear, or if you're interested or you care, there's many ways to show how much you care, how deep you care. And uh, it's very simple, because we are in our fun drive, and we do believe in the things we do and the things we talk about here. Many good programs here to support. This is, I hope you will think it's one of them, People of Earth. If you want to support, you can always call 713-526-5738. 713-526-5738 is always the magic number. But also you can go to our website at kpft.org and see what's happening there. And I'll just mention a few things. I don't want to sound like the... Um, uh, the sales network or the, uh, you know, product network. But I do want you to know that our gifts that we show for support or to, to people who show their support for our radio station, they're not, um, they're not stupid things. <laughs> they're nice things. They're things that have been thought out our t- from our T-shirts to our tote bags that they have been made, the logos and everything else, have, and the hemp tote bag, all of these things have some thought put into them that express, that try to express community, try to express community radio. And so you may be interested in some of that and some of the recordings also. One thing, we have these memory bricks, and you can see what they look like on our website at kpft.org and the memory bricks are uh, they're just really nice bricks that have an expression of whatever you want to say I mean uh, for the two different sizes that they are or maybe you want to honor somebody you want to honor somebody and so you can do that and there you will have this brick and it will be here uh, representing that who you honor, memory brick. So, you know, five fifty dollars a month is uh, 600 a year. And then the other one, the smaller one, is $25 a month. That's 300 a year. And you can show, you know, express somebody who you think represents community or represents what uh, you think community radio represents or should represent. So with that... Um, Again, mentioned that this is KPFT 90.1 FM, kpft.org. So you might have saw that there's a movie, Lily Gladstone. She is with the Blackfeet Nation. She won a Golden Globe for her role in Killers of the Flower Moon, with Martin Scorsese's movie. And uh, it's Gladstone is the first indigenous identifying woman to win the best performance of a female actor in a dramatic motion picture, and she was great, and so at the Golden Globes. She's also nominated for an Oscar coming up whenever that happens as the Best Actress Award for the Oscars. That's coming up soon. So she described how past Hollywood would have Native actors speak their lines in English and then the sound mixers would run them backwards to accomplish native languages on camera. In Killers of the Flower Moon, she said that she was able to speak some of the Blackfeet language in addition to the English spoken in the movie. So so there's that. Again, you're listening to People of Earth here on KPFT 90.1 FM. Nay, <laughs> 
Again, you're listening to KPFT 90.1 FM, kpft.org. People of Earth is the program here. People of Earth, it is indigenous.
listening to People of Earth here on KPFT 90.1 FM, kpft.org. I also want to mention, as usual, that, and we are in this winter drive here, February, as of February right now. And uh, with that, um, I've mentioned, and I'm sure if you've listened, you've heard that we have many great tickets of music, musicians, music that's coming to Houston that you can be a part of, and you can support KPFT and have a good time doing it. And the thing is, it's almost like the, what you would pay for the tickets anyway, or maybe just a little more than what if you were to pay for these tickets. But instead, you're going to so show your support for uh, community radio. I'll just mention a little bit in the last few minutes that we have together here on KPFT, and then... Uh, make way for um, Saeed with Arab Voices, and I do hope you stay tuned. He has a lot to share, very important programming. I hope you support him too. Uh, so again, 713-526-5738, 713-526-5738. That's the lucky number. If you're feeling lucky, uh, you can do that. 713-526-5738 or go to kpft.org. And I know I've mentioned that we're also uh, beaming out of Galveston and also up there in the north, uh, Huntsville. So we've got a long, we're, we're really stretching out here in this east, uh, southeast Texas area, which covers a lot of ground. And so much territory. I mean, if you go out west, you've got prairie, you've got all this. You go out east, and you've got the beautiful p- trees, pine. You can go find the uh, beech trees uh, area. You can go south, and you can go north. It's just beautiful, beautiful areas here in Texas. And we're, repre- we're representing that. We are trying to touch the hearts and souls of people all across this part of Texas. So seven one, and you can be a part of that, and you can help us maintain. That's what we'd like to do, and we want to maintain all of this and go beyond. But right now, we hope to maintain and uh, thrive, and with your support, with your help, we do that. Seven one three five two six five seven three eight. And earlier, I did talk about the missing and murdered Indigenous women. As yesterday, there were. Uh, m- lots of activities in in the states in Canada to show support for the families and to keep it in front of the media and in front of all people about what's going on in Indian country in our communities where so many women and girls go missing and not only women and girls but men, boys and just indigenous people have disappeared. 713-526-5738. And also talking about uh, indigenous people, we also want, uh, as was shared with uh, by cultural survival in, memor- in mem- memoriam, remembering 77 indigenous defenders who were murdered last year in Latin America. Disturbing information on violence against indigenous people. And we strive to provide information in celebration of the lives and the work and, and the, um, who, what they did while they have worked to, um, well, in Latin America, it's most dangerous to be an indigenous rights and environmental defender. Three out of four assassinations of environmental defenders that take place in Latin America are indigenous. Indigenous defenders face a double threat, defending rights and being indigenous. And in 2021, roughly 40% of murdered environmental defenders were indigenous. Such a high number. So we want to remember that, remember them and honor all of that incredible work that they do that doesn't really get heard of. And so we bring that 
and let you know that these things are going on. They're out there protecting their communities, which is also protecting their forest or wherever they are, their land bases, and from exploitation, from corruption. So, so there's that. 713-526-5738 is our great number. And uh, 713-526-5738. Yes, it is. Listening to People of Earth here on KPFT 90.1 FM. KPFT.